Welcome to Entrench, a 21 Pilots podcast. Hello, local dreamers. Welcome to Entrench. My name is Anna, and this is episode four, Addict with a Pen. Make sure you have listened to the song beforehand and are ready for an in-depth analysis of track four off 21 Pilots. And I have a surprise today. Are you going to say anything? Hi. (laughs) This is my friend Becca, also known as Rumi. (laughs) Rumi. We were roommates my last year of college and Becca's junior year of college. And do you want to tell everyone how we bonded? Okay. So we lived in the same residence hall um, when I was a freshman and... I had this t-shirt from 21 Pilots that I this wore. Exactly and so one day, <laughs> one day Anna like saw it and she was like, oh my gosh, I love 21 Pilots too. Let's be friends. So, Yay. And yeah. we never looked back. That's the story. So how did you come to know 21 Pilots? So it was, I think around the same time that you discovered them. It was the end of my junior year of high school mm-hmm. that you discovered them your senior year of high school. So I was scrolling through Snapchat and I was looking at like the the tab where all of the like bigger companies put their stuff on there. And there was like a music app that had something on there and they were showing songs from 21 Pilots. And I think they showed Stressed Out and I was like, this is interesting. I've never heard this before. So I started like looking into their music and I discovered that I like really liked it and it became like my obsession for that summer specifically. So is Stressed Out the first song you ever heard? I think so. Yeah, it was either Stressed Out or Tear in My Heart. I think it was Tear in My Heart, but both of those songs were on that Snapchat thing that I found. That's so interesting. I have never used Snapchat like that, so that's cool. I stopped using it after a while, but I'm glad that I used it at the time because that's how I found one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I feel like 2015 was like when Snapchat was really big. Now it's TikTok. <laughs> yep. So what is your favorite album by 21 Pilots, if you had to pick? That's really hard, I know. <laughs> I think... Since Trench came out, it's become Trench. I think that they did a lot of like really interesting stuff musically with that album, but they also like stuck to their core identity as a band. But if I answered that question before Trench came out, it would probably have to be their self-titled album because mm-hmm. like after I first discovered them, I found that I related a lot to most of the songs on that album. That's my answer. Nice. I think I would agree with you. (laughs) I really like Trench. It's very them and like Tyler with all the metaphors and everything. But the self-title is also just really good. Do you have a favorite song or a couple favorite songs? Can I go like album by album? Mm -hmm. Okay, so on the self-titled album... I really like Addict with a Pen and Before You Start Your Day because they kind of like encapsulated 
my life in high school and like the kinds of emotions that I had a lot of the time in high school. Regional at best, I really like Ruby and Anathema. I love And I don't really know why. (laughs) They're just, they're just really good. I can't really describe why I like them so much. But then for Vessel, I really like Ode to Sleep because of all of the like different things that they do within one song. Like I feel like it goes to a lot of different places. Mm -hmm. And I really like the lyrics in that song. And then for Blurry Face, I like a lot of the songs on Blurry Face. I guess Wait, didn't they... it would be... Sorry, uh, that just made me think. Didn't they used to call Stressed Out Blurry Face? Was that... I, I don't know. that was a thing. I don't know. Okay. Let know. us know if that was a thing. <laughs> I think I really liked Doubt a lot on Blurry Face because that was a song that I listened to a lot when I went through a lot of like relationship building with my dad because I got him into 21 Pilots and... We talk about, like, the religious aspects of it together a lot. I still know that his favorite song is Taxi Cab. Yes, it is. That is, yeah, another good one from Self-Titled. But for Trench, my favorite song on that album is probably Legend, just because it reminds me of my grandparents and, like, how special (laughs) they are to me. (laughs) So, yeah, there we go. Those are all great choices. You know your stuff. I'm impressed. You're like, I have one for every album. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So how, this is a broader question, but how does the band inspire you or does it represent anything for you? I think that it represents that there's always light and dark in like any kind of relationship or thing that's happening in your life. Like you can't just expect life to be rainbows and sunshine and Mm -hmm. you gotta keep like hoping through the bad stuff so like they've always been an inspiration to me when I've been going through difficult times not only just to like be able to vent by listening to their music but to find hope at the end of the venting and the being upset (laughs) yeah and have they played a part at all in your mental health journey I think so yeah they've definitely been like a a band that I go to when I am feeling more down and they kind of help me to realize that I can't just exist in that space. I need to move on mm-hmm. and not necessarily force myself to be happier, but to just realize that the opportunity to be happy is out there. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I feel like that's a good description of them. Like they uh, make sure you address your emotions and then you know, like, they push you to move past them at the same time. That's cool. Instead of just ending a song like, well, oh, well, this sucks. Like, I feel like there's always some mm-hmm. kind of silver lining, even if it's just implied. Yeah. And I think that especially with their more recent work, it's been like that. Like, Trench has been more about building people up, I think, than just, like, dwelling in sadness or the bad times Mm -hmm. like it addresses that but then it's like this is what how we can rise up as a community and as people who are like either faithful or have a passion for something you know yeah for sure and do you have a favorite Tony on Pilots memory last question every concert I've ever been to 
I went to my first 21 Pilots concert after I graduated from high school with my dad and my sister. And it was like the most incredible experience I've ever had. And it just kept getting better. I've been to three concerts, I think. So two of them were during the trench era. The first one was again with my dad and my sister. And then Mm -hmm. the next one was with Rumi. Yay! It was the best concert. (laughs) It was. That was the first one that I had been in the like general admission pit Mm -hmm. so we had so much fun it was was crazy but it was so fun Uh, what do you remember about like the day most or like waiting in line I know it was just a really hot day yeah we had a friend who was like working in the area and she came and got us an umbrella to Mm -hmm. sit in the sun with and she was like do you guys need anything and we were like no we're fine and she kept like insisting that she could like help us out which was really sweet yeah I feel like I was feeling bad because I remember going to sit in her car (laughs) use the AC for a few minutes that was that was like part of what made it the whole experience really fun was being Mm -hmm. able to like sit and catch up with you because we we don't live near each other we live in different states so we were able to see each other and talk before mm-hmm. we even went to the concert which was nice yeah I got to pick you up from the train station mm-hmm. and do you remember I love I left my phone in the bathroom <laughs> yeah that was terrifying I thought the line was moving so fast and then it like stopped like of course right after I left and the whole time we were waiting in line, we were, like, trying to be strategic about staying hydrated, but, mm-hmm. like, not too hydrated, because then we would have to leave during the show. So we went to the bathroom so many times while we were in line. I know. It was I think chaos. Wasn't it, like, one or two hours we were inside before the show even started? That was the worst part for me, because I was just thinking, like, what if I have to pee soon? <laughs> Yeah, I also remember, like, a lot of the fans are having fun and singing the songs before the show started, and these other people in Next House were, like, angry. (laughs) I was like, why do you have to be this way? (laughs) We don't like divisive fans. And then I submitted my memory of our time there to a fan magazine, and it got published, so that was cool. And I was at the top of the page, my memory with Becca. So that was cool. Okay, so we are talking about Addict with a Pen today, which is one of my favorite songs, and it's one of Becca's favorites, so I'm really glad she got to join me. About a month ago, I wrote a blog on my blog, Living for Him, which you can look up on WordPress if you want, but joke's on you because I'm not blogging right now. (laughs) But... I wrote an idolatry blog that had a lot to do with how I spent a lot of time growing up idolizing musicians, and 21 Pilots was the band that really helped me see Christ in music and break that bad habit. So I talked about Attic with a Pen a lot in there, and I already talked about it a lot in the intro, so instead of repeating myself, I just wanted to read a couple excerpts from my blog of what the song means to me. I wrote, this was from my freshman year of college before I even knew Becca. I had sunk into a deep sleepless anxiety over the school year and I didn't feel like anyone was speaking to the real restless frustration and bitterness I was going through until I heard Addict with a Pen. I haven't found a drop of you I'd sing throughout the year. 
21 Pilots brought me back to God because they showed me the importance of bringing all of my unpleasantness and, dare I say, hopelessness to him. Nothing is too big for him to hear from us, not even when we can't see anything good. Because even when I failed to see any goodness, I still sang out that fact to God alongside Tyler Joseph. And all God ever wanted from me was my honesty. I don't know, Becca, if you resonate with any of that. I do, yeah. I definitely relate to the way that Tyler writes lyrics and that kind of like journey with doubt and with not feeling good enough and stuff like that is something that I've definitely experienced. Mm -hmm. That's something that I really enjoy, I guess you could say, about 21 Pilots and their music. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times growing up, I would see Christians who would just make me feel like I had to clean myself up a bit, I guess, before talking to God. And I like how Tyler's just very raw and being angry or being upset or just being depressed and bringing that to God. And like, I was a little scared that I might get emotional this episode just because I have a lot going on. But I don't think I will, but even if I did, like, I think, like, that's the point. Like, we don't have to try to be something we're not, and we can just share vulnerability, even though that's hard. Ready to dig into the song? Because I yes, am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay, so in the beginning, I'll read the first stanza. It says, hello, we haven't talked in quite some time. I know I haven't been the best of sons. Hello, I've been traveling in the deserts of my mind, and I haven't found a drop of life. I haven't found a drop of you. I haven't found a drop of water. Very sad. I think it's interesting that it starts off with hello, though. I just, like, put that together with how that's a big theme with trees as well from Vessel. Tyler does a lot of, like, greetings, kind of reuniting with God a lot when he hasn't in a while in his music but yeah we see here in this first part that there's a lot of I would say resentment toward God almost and to kick it off I just wanted to read this short psalm it's psalm 13 because I thought it went along well with the tone of this it's a plea for deliverance it says how long Lord will you forget me forever how long will you hide your face from me How long will I store up anxious concerns within me, agony in my mind every day? How long will my enemy dominate me? Consider me and answer, Lord my God. Restore brightness to my eyes, otherwise I will sleep in death. My enemy will say I have triumphed over him, and my foes will rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your faithful love. My heart will rejoice in your deliverance. I will sing to the Lord because he has treated me generously. So, do you have any thoughts on, I guess, to start off with, just the attitude going on or anything with the psalm? Any thoughts? Well, I think kind of like what you noted, like, with Tyler's greetings in a lot of his songs, the way that he, to me, the way he talks to God in this song is like prayer as a conversation. So I think with the psalm, like, the psalmist seems to be really lacking that conversation and like saying like he needs that response from God that he's not getting and I think that Tyler also is feeling that way yeah and like that lack of conversation shows that Tyler hasn't really been motivated to practice his faith recently 
Yeah. I really like in the psalm, verse 2 talks about storing up anxious concerns, like agony in your mind, because it can be really harmful and hurtful and hard to bring up to God, but also I feel like the minute you start doing that, you also start experiencing healing, even if it's slow at first. So feel like even though it's like really hard to admit that he hasn't talked to God for a while, it's also liberating and is already strengthening the relationship again by admitting that. Yeah, I think you're not automatically going to like feel any sort of response from God anytime you reach out. Like, I think that's something that a lot of people can struggle with when they're like in moments of doubt. Like you don't always feel like God is with you but he is and it's just something that you have to keep telling yourself and I think like from the perspective that Tyler's writing from with the song like he's gotten to that point where he needs to start telling himself that because there's nothing left if he doesn't just start trusting in God yeah that's true there's not a drop of anything (laughs) yeah I don't know why I also picked out the point that he talked about being a son and I was kind of like what do we think of sons what does that mean exactly to be a son I feel like a couple things I thought about were like generally as a child you try to honor your parents if you haven't been the best of sons you haven't been super in tune with your parents or trying to incorporate them in your decisions and then along with that kind of heeding advice from them I guess part of being a son or a child is like admitting that your parents have more wisdom than you do and they've been around longer and I think sometimes with faith like especially when we're sinning we might not always want to admit that we're doing something wrong so we might just avoid it. I think that also ties back to what he addressed in some of his other songs, like Implicit Demand for Proof, like the lack of control. Mm -hmm. Children usually want, like, as they start getting older, they want to kind of have some sense of control over their lives. But the parents are always like, I know better. Like, I know what's best for you. You should listen to me. And like, in this scenario, God does know what's best for us. He has a plan for us. And so... Mm-hmm. Tyler, like, as a son, is trying his best to understand that, I guess. It's like when your mom is like, hey, take a coat, and you're like, no. And then an hour later, you're like, dang it. Yeah. And then the last point, you feel free to add more, but the last point that I really had about this first section was the idea of losing that water and that, like, vitality And not just with, like, not being in communication with God necessarily, but I also always think about how the devil plays into things as well and how Satan likes to stir up lies in our lives and, like, use those things to make us afraid or ashamed and then, like, dry out our truth in a way, which is part of what we'll get into, like, maybe some of that symbolism of the water in this song. Yeah, yeah, I I kind of was thinking about um, water being a symbolic thing as well. And especially like Tyler's lyric about traveling in the deserts of my mind. I kind of read that as him being like lost for a while. And especially using the image of a desert, like that's that comes up in the Bible a lot, especially as like places where people have been tested, specifically Mm -hmm. like Jesus, like he was tested by Satan. And so I think Tyler's kind of trying to 
draw parallels between his struggle and the struggle of people who were in the Bible who almost gave up but decided to keep going. That's so true. I didn't even, like, obviously that's a connection, but I didn't think about that. Thank you. (laughs) It also reminds me of, like, 40 days, 40 nights in the wilderness, Mm -hmm. except it's the desert. (laughs) So uh, before we move on, do you just want to get more into, like, the symbolism of water in this song? What we think it could mean? Yeah. At least for me, the lyrics I'm looking at, it, like, singles out water as its own little thing (laughs) from the other lyrics. So I, Mm -hmm. I feel like that means it's important. But, I mean, I think it's important to the song anyway. I don't know. I think... Like, it could be, like, faith or something, but it also could maybe be God. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, like, water in the Bible, it's associated with God and, like, the Holy Spirit and baptism and stuff like that. So, like, the way that I see it is just the presence of God within Tyler's mind or his heart or his body. Mm -hmm. Even though God might be there, Tyler feels like he's not. So he can't find like that, that spiritual presence that he means by using the word water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And also how like Jesus washes us and washes our sins as well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of layers there. <laughs> okay. So moving into the main segment of the song, I'll read like about half of it and then we'll go back through. It starts off. I try desperately to run through the sand as I hold the water in the palm of my hand because it's all that I have and it's all that I need and the waves of the water mean nothing to me. But I try my best and all that I can to hold tightly onto what's left in my hand. But no matter how, how tightly I will strain, the sand will slow me down and the water will drain. Okay, so (laughs) there's a lot here. Um... Where would you like to start? I I think maybe talking about the idea of control again. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's very evident in this part and how like Tyler wants to have control of his relationship with God, like his concept of who God is and like what's going on in his life. And even I think that kind of he's talking about humanity in general, not just himself, like humanity in general, we all want to have control of the way our life is going Mm -hmm. um instead of just relying on our faith Mm -hmm. so I don't know yeah I thought it was interesting I was thinking just a lot about symbols because that's who I am so um he talks about holding the water so to me I was thinking of it like mostly as something that's like literal faith Um, And he's running through the sand, which to me is like something that's slowing him down. Um, Something like lies, I would say, maybe. And then I thought it was interesting. He also said the waves of the water mean nothing to me. And maybe how that's potentially an obstacle implied there. And for some reason, I thought like the waves could represent doubt because like they can look very similar to like faith and truth sometimes which can slip us up Um, and they can also be overwhelming and drown us sometimes so I don't know I was intrigued by the line that talks about it's all that I need 
and also the waves of the water mean nothing to me I was interested when I brought that in yeah I think yeah I I kind of was also unsure of what exactly that meant mm-hmm. um so that's that's kind of why I thought about the idea of control like yeah I think yeah I think I also related the waves to doubt because of like the whole walking on water thing and like water is a very purifying thing in the bible but it also is like a test of faith sometimes as well and something that was scary like I forget was it in a one of the gospels where they talk about the big storm and everyone was super scared and Jesus was like chill it's okay um but like water can simultaneously represent a good thing and a bad thing I think Mm -hmm. Um, I also like how it brought up holding the water in the palm of my hand because it's like this weird layered symbol of God holds us in the palm of his hand and then like it seems like the narrator of this song is like doing the opposite thing where he's like holding this thing in his hand but not because like he's being super loving more because he's trying to control it. Yeah he's like almost compartmentalizing his faith into like one part of his body one part of his like mind I guess and kind of like using it where he thinks he can or where he thinks it would be best to use it Mm -hmm. but really like he can't he can't hold on to that control and that's why the next couple of lines happen Mm -hmm. I guess yeah I think it's interesting like that idea that the more tightly you try to control something, the less control you have over it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think it's maybe more so in the like following half that we haven't quite gotten to yet. So I won't say a ton about it yet, but just that idea that like trying to control stuff ultimately like is a striving after wind like Solomon talks about in Ecclesiastes and how... Yeah, like, everything's a striving after wind, but even, like, something that could potentially be something seemingly good, like, even if he's trying to control his faith, if water is faith, even something like faith that's innately good, trying to control it is still not good, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Because sometimes we can turn faith into, like, a to-do list and trying to put God in a box in that way, and that's not good either. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other thoughts on the ending of that part about holding tightly and the sand slowing him down? I think you mostly pretty much touched on it. Um, one of the other things that I was thinking is that like, the sand is also symbolic of all of the problems that we have in life. So they'll continue to weigh us down mm-hmm. unless we just like embrace God fully. Yeah. But we kind of mention that so that that is a good metaphor though because like sand is you can't even count how many granules there are like there's that much trouble in our lives and if we start trying to count them all like we're gonna be overwhelmed and slowed down from the good things that we do have even if they seem like there's less of the good things so the second half Um, It goes into the water will drain, 
I'm just being dramatic. In fact, I'm only at it again as an addict with a pen who's addicted to the wind as it blows me back and forth, mindless, spineless, and pretend. Of course I'll be here again. See you tomorrow, but it's the end of today. End of my ways as a walking denial. My trial was filed as a crazy suicidal head case, but you specialize in dying. You hear me screaming, Father, and I'm lying here just crying, so wash me with your water. So we get in deep and dark here. So it starts off with him saying he's dramatic. Why do you think he makes this claim? I think that he kind of feels like he's being stupid to think about like God and his relationship with God when society is kind of just like rolling with the way that like religion is kind of separate from life I guess um and he also I think is thinking that humanity or I guess him specifically can overthink everything and again that goes back to having control Mm -hmm. so it might be kind of like dramatic to some people to need to have an answer about who God is Mm -hmm. but these problems are like plaguing him so he can't just like walk through life not having any hope and not having any direction from God Mm mm-hmm Um, I thought, I mean, okay, I am looking now at my notes, I kind of already said this stuff before, but as far as addict with a pen, like, the pen for Tyler is all about being able to create, and I know for me, as a writer as well, that, you know, there's such nice control in being able to craft something, and it's only yours, like, it's no one else's, whether it's a song or a story. And you get to choose what happens. Like, even with writing this song, like, he got to chose, he got to choose what happens. Um, But the reality is, there are so many things that are beyond our control. And, yeah, you just think of the world right now. It's very sad and very out of control. So, if you're seeking after control, you're never going to find it. I think... um... At the end of that line, um, when it says, who's addicted to the wind, and then as it blows me back and forth, I think the wind also represents that struggle between faith and doubt and, like, having control and letting it go. Mm -hmm. So, like, he can't just come to this decision to let go and let God take control. It's, like, this constant thing where he's like, okay, I'm going to let him take control, but then something happens where he's like, okay, I need to do this for myself and like Mm -hmm. make sure I know what's happening what's going on and how I can move my life forward so he's like being blown back and forth from all of these different like perspectives and emotions yeah I think it's interesting too that all of this is happening like while he's running like because one of my favorite verses is in Hebrews and it talks about running the race of endurance in faith and just like the idea that that running can be something really faithful or it can also be like trying to avoid something or trying to control something as well so I thought that was an interesting like juxtaposition not as like explicit to the lyrics but like he's I don't know it almost gives me image of like he's trying maybe he's also like running towards a body of water to like get more as well or something I don't know why that's the image that comes to mind but mm-hmm. but then if you relate that back to 
the beginning of this verse where he says the waves of the water mean nothing to me mm-hmm. it's like he's he's like ignoring that pool of water which could be like symbolic of mm-hmm. you know god or something like yeah. he's 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 like blind to all of the the things in life that he can reach out to for help like prayer and scripture and church community just as examples mm-hmm. so maybe interesting. Too, there's like a message there of like he's focusing so hard on what he's currently trying to control like he doesn't even realize how much of a deficit he's in mm-hmm. which is like sad I, f- I feel like I can relate to that like sometimes I just get so busy or like trying to pour into so so many other people so much that I don't realize like actually this isn't working because I haven't let God pour into me enough so how can I expect myself to pour into other people right now yeah I think for me I I relate to that but more so with like the distractions of modern society like I don't spend enough time reading the Bible or praying. Mm -hmm. I spend my time like reading novels or Mm -hmm. watching TV or whatever. Like it's so hard to continually remind yourself to go back to God daily. Yeah. I think it's something. Yeah. I think it's something too, though, where it's like you need that pure spiritual time, but then also like God's given us a world to enjoy. So like, there's definitely a balance to be had. I don't I know some people will just throw everything into the worldly category if it's not like explicit worship or something, but I don't think that's fair either. So Yeah. I mean, with Twenty One Pilots music, that's like a perfect example because yeah. like you could consider it like a worldly thing, but they they talk about such spiritual, powerful things in their lyrics that like it does help me with my spirituality even though I might not be listening to it on a certain day Mm -hmm. just to get in touch with God which I think is really cool yeah and I know like for me too like I find God God not just in literal scripture but even just like being out in nature like I just like meditate of like God like you made all this and it's so good yeah so yeah I sorry this is like a different tangent but I I feel like I grew up thinking there was only, like, one or two ways to worship, but there's actually, like, so many ways you can worship in your own way. Yeah, I would say that, too. Like, music is probably the most powerful experience that I've found in terms of worshiping. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't feel any kind, like, to, to the same extent, I don't feel any kind of spiritual connection in, like, attending church or mm-hmm. reading the Bible, which... I mean, I should probably work on trying to awaken those kinds of connections, but music is really, like, how I connect. Yeah, for sure. And on the uh, the other end, though, you don't want, like, I've been to churches where the music will just be, like, what's the word? Like, they're just trying to draw on your emotions to get you to feel something, and you're, like, think you're being all spiritual, but they're actually just, like, playing with your emotions. It's weird. I, I don't know. Yeah. Be shrewd with picking churches, kids. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, tangent aside, it was still a very good tangent. Um, Do we have any other thoughts about the second half? So it's talking about being addicted to the wind that blows me back and forth. Mindless, spineless, and pretend. 
Like, I feel like he's just so tired of going back and forth between control or not, which we've kind of seen in the other songs on the album already, that he's just like, I'm spineless. I don't even want to pick a side sometimes. Like, just that Mm -hmm. pure tiredness. But then you get the line that says, of course, I'll be here again. See you tomorrow. But it's the end of today. End of my ways is a walking denial. And I think that's like his breakthrough moment where he's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like this is something that I have to go through. Like I'm going to continue to have moments of doubt, but like I want to pursue having a relationship with God, even though like I might not always feel like it's genuine. Mm -hmm. Like the the line end of my ways as a walking denial. I really think that's like his moment where he's like, okay, I'm going to try really hard. Yeah. And, like, faith is a narrow path. Like, it's not easy, and it's a daily battle. And I like how he goes into, you know, the walking denial. My trial was filed as a crazy suicidal head case. I don't know if you had, like, more thoughts into that with mental health, but I feel like, for me at least, my perception of suicide and depression, I feel like a lot of it has to do with the question of, like, well, why try anymore? Um, or like what's the point in trying again if like like what's the point of running with this water every day if it's just gonna fall through my hand like why keep going through that but I don't know where I was going with that (laughs) but you know what I mean like that's where a lot of that mental health questions come in of what's the point and yeah but there is a point because like even though the water's gonna slip out God still cares and God is still pursuing you even if you have literally nothing to offer him in your hands Mm -hmm. and he'll meet you wherever you like want to meet him so I, I think that's like why the last couple of lines are so important in this verse like he's talking about how he struggled with like basically being at rock bottom for so long but like God can hear him and he's He's, like, ready for God to take care of him and be there for him, Mm -hmm. which makes me happy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I really like that breakthrough moment and just the end of this whole stanza. It's, again, like that silver lining. He'll always go back to what's good that I can get out of this and how has God still been faithful even through all of this? Did you have any other thoughts on the rest of those lines? I'm looking at my notes. I think, oh, this is going back to the idea of water as like a Baptist baptism kind of idea or like Mm. a spiritual like renewing thing. He's like begging God to like renew his faith with the line. And I'm lying here just crying to wash me with your water. Like he's like, today I'm making this commitment to like be reborn kind of in Mm -hmm. spirituality which I think is pretty cool pretty cool pretty cool (laughs) yeah and I I kind of like relate a lot to the breakthrough moment that he has in this part of the song like there was a time in my life a couple years ago where I like went through a serious period of doubt and I kind of completely abandoned my faith in God because I I lost control of what was going on in my life and so like I had a moment kind of like this where I was like okay like my life might be kind of difficult right now 
but I want to work to make it better. Mm-hmm. And so that's like another reason why this song is like really special to me. Yeah. But yeah, fun little fact about my life that you didn't really need to know. <laughs> no, we appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah, so the song ends with the way it began. Um, and I really liked it. It reminded me a lot of Implicit Demand for Proof because it was like the same sentiments at the end, except he started off the song more just like frustrated and hesitant and angry. But now at this point, he's more like resigned in a good way of like, yeah, I still don't feel it, but I know I kind of that implication of I know I will feel it though eventually because I had this breakthrough. And yeah. I think that's really important with faith and just everything in general. Like for me as an emotional person, sometimes I get too carried away with just how I'm feeling. But especially with God, like the whole point is that he's loving and sovereign even when we don't feel it. Yeah, I definitely noticed that when I was listening to the song too, that it's so much different than the beginning, even though it's the same lyrics. He's like more fully aware of his emotions regarding the situation I think like I noticed that like towards the the end of the second chorus his notes are more like stressed and more intense Mm -hmm. and so you can you can kind of pick up on like his desperation almost to establish a connection that he realized that he needs Mm -hmm. yeah I I think it's it just shows like I feel like the whole song in general is like an like we walk through like the evolution of Tyler's feelings or like an individual's feelings when they're going through some kind of process where they feel like they've lost their control. They don't know what's going on in their lives and they just need to establish some kind of hope. Mm-hmm. So like, I think this is a really powerful song. I don't know. I'm going all over the place. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we've talked about a lot of good things and I would definitely echo everything you said, and I also think there's something to be said for the fact that he is an addict with a pen, like, he's addicted to that so much that he had to process through all of this, which helped him get to a better place as well, Mm -hmm. and yeah, if he wasn't an addict with a pen, he wouldn't have gotten to this point, and we wouldn't get to hear it, and (laughs) just the power of not just working through stuff between you and God, but also being willing to share your process with other people. Like, it just gives me a lot of faith and a lot of hope that if he can be that vulnerable, something that, like, it's so emotional. I'm sure he was very emotional writing it and creating it and producing it. But, you know, if he can share that with... I can't imagine. Oh, did it lag? Go ahead. If he can share that with, like, millions of people, I mean, I'm sure it was less at the time, but still, like, a good few thousand people, like, we can be vulnerable in our own lives, on this podcast, things like that. Yeah. I can't imagine, like, writing that and then releasing it so that anyone can hear it and performing it on a stage, like you were saying, like, that in that takes an incredible amount of vulnerability that I could never imagine involving myself in Mm -hmm. I guess and really I would say like groundbreaking for like 2009 yeah that's a big deal like it's common now but back then no that's why we love our boys (laughs) 
Do you have any other final thoughts on the song? I don't think so. Okay. Just going to say that I love it. And if for some reason you did not listen to this song before this podcast started, please listen to it because it is so it. good. Sorry if you cry or anything, but that's okay. It's good. <laughs> and thank you, Becca, for taking the time to join me. It was my pleasure. I'm sure we'll hear from you again. We'll see. I hope so. <laughs> I hope this turns out okay. If you're not too scared to come back. <laughs> I don't bite. <laughs> so thank you all for listening. Thank you, Becca, again. You're the coolest. Rumi. You're the coolest. You can call her Rumi. Rumi. If you see her in the Facebook group. <laughs> so... Also, remember, guys, that I want to hear from you. So you can email entrenchpodcast at gmail.com with a written account of your 21 Pilot story or your favorite memory you have related to the band, like Becca and her concerts. I will be sure to start reading them at the end of each episode as they start coming into the inbox. And if you'd like to contribute to the analysis, you can join the podcast Facebook group by searching Entrench Podcast Group. I look forward to hearing from everyone and tune in next time for Friend Please. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Stay alive and remember, in Trench, you're not alone. <laughs>